Welcome to another Sports by Fry podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, my name is Fry, and today I have good news. I am back not only recording a new podcast, but finally I've sorted out my webcam issues and I've recorded a YouTube video. Uh, the YouTube content is going to be very similar, if not exactly the same, to this podcast. So if you prefer to visualize it, then you can go and check out Sports by Fry on YouTube. Make sure you uh, give a video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel for more videos. Uh, but if you prefer the podcast, obviously, then you can tune in via this way as well. I'm going to try and get back into doing a weekly video. Um, a lot of the videos I did in the past revolved around AFL Fantasy, so we're still just over two months away from the beginning of the new AFL season, so there's not a hell of a lot to talk about right now, but in the next couple of weeks, things will start to ramp up. Uh, today, I'm recording a podcast regarding the 16 players who I think will define the upcoming NBA trade deadline. Uh, if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about briefly a few guys that I thought could be moved and some of the bigger names in the trade pool and in the rumor mill, I guess you could say. Uh, but I have since released a new article, so you can check that out as well at sportsbyfry.com that goes into a bit of depth about all the 16 players who could and could not be moved, but they're the guys who are mentioned in most trade rumours and seemingly seem like they're the ones most likely to be moved before the deadline comes in about three weeks' time. February the 7th is the trade deadline. So without further ado, let me dive right in. Now, I kind of went fishing. The first player on the list is Kemba Walker, and judging by all reports, I think he's going to stay in Charlotte. There's been reports in the last week saying that Jordan is happy with Kemba and the ownership, and the franchise has no plans to trade him, but he is a one-year... He's got one year left on his deal, only 12 mil, so he's definitely a piece that someone could fit into their roster somehow. Uh, the team that he's been linked to the most is the Knicks. I don't think it would make sense for them to trade for him now. They might pursue him in the off-season, but if there's another team out there that decides that they want a superstar, or an all-star point guard, I should say, he's probably not a superstar. Sorry, Kemba, no offense. But if they decide that they want an all-star scoring guard to run the show, then someone might overpay for Kemba. Maybe like the Lakers or something. They might want to, if they do a couple of moves and get rid of Lonzo, they might choose to bring in Kemba. Uh, the Clippers, another LA team. Let's be honest, there's a lot of teams that could use Kemba's scoring punch, but I would, I'd be shocked if he was traded before the deadline. I do think the Hornets will be active. Maybe Kaminsky and a few of their other lesser names will be moved. And if they could attach Nicholas Batum's huge contract in a potential Kemba deal. That might give them another reason to do so. But at this stage, I don't think Kemba will be going anywhere. The offseason, though, might be a different story. Next player on the list is potentially the biggest name, or I should say the best player who is most likely to be moved, and that is Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. There's a lot of rumours and reports out there that he is a piece that teams are interested in, and it seems like his tenure at Orlando is coming to an end. He's timed his run well. He's playing the best basketball of his career right now. He's averaging about 20 and 12, and he's 
kind of being wasted on a sub-500 Magic team. They could maybe make a little bit of noise and push up into the playoffs. It's not out of the question, but really they're probably only going to be like an 8 or a 7 seed. And with dudes like Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac in their front court that need more minutes to develop, and even Aaron Gordon, you could see a move that sends Vucevic away and maybe they get a pick or something in exchange. Uh, there's a couple of teams that he could suit. I've already talked about the Lakers. Maybe they could make a move for him and an upgrade for centre. I think Magic Johnson and the Lakers have their eyes set on bigger targets in the offseason and someone who I'm going to talk about in a few players' time as well. But, yeah, Vooch might end up even on the Rockets now that Clint Capella's gone down. They might decide to bite the bullet and trade their first with Brandon Knight's contract or Eric Gordon even, something like that. But it seems like Vucevic will be traded before the deadline. Not 100% certain, obviously, but I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised if he got moved and was wearing a different uniform in the second half of the year. Another big man who I think it's all but certain that he's going to go is Dwayne Dedman of the Atlanta Hawks. He's pretty cheap. He only costs about $7 million. He's only got this season left on his deal, so a championship-caliber team could just slot him into their rotation and he could play some great backup big man minutes. He's averaging about 10 and 8, something like that, in about 24 minutes since he's arrived in Atlanta. He was decent for the Spurs as well before that, so I think that a contending team would be smart to make a play for Deadman. Again, the Rockets with Capella out might be a good fit. There's a few other dudes who might emerge. Atlanta seems like they're on a big fire sale. There's a few players that I'll talk about uh, as well later that could also be moved from the Hawks' perspective, but... Deadman is definitely the cheapest of those options, and if there's a team that needs just a little bit of help in the rebounding and a bit of front court scoring, then Deadman's probably the best option out there. Now, for a couple of weeks slash months, I've been talking about Rodney Hood being a potential trade candidate, but I didn't realize, actually, that he had veto power on any potential trade, so he can override any trade for him. He's only on a qualifying offer, which is why he has that veto power, so he'll be a free agent in the off-season, and according to all reports, he's pretty happy being a Cav at the moment. I crapped all over him for the past 12 months, but in the last probably half a dozen games, he's actually played decently. He's shooting the ball well. He's kind of complimenting Colin Sexton. I like the way that he fits into the team. I don't know if I believe in him as a Cavalier long-term, but this isn't the Cavalier show, so let me uh, digress and continue on. He could help a team like the Pelicans, who are chasing a boost for their second unit. Maybe someone like the Clippers as well. Basically, any team with playoff aspirations. He could go back to the Jazz. They might even be a nice fit. A team that needs a bit of a scoring punch in their second unit could chase him. But again, like I said, with that veto power, it seems like it will be in Hood's hands if he decides to move on. One of the most talked about players in the rumor mill has been Otto Porter of the Washington Wizards. Now, he's still uh, midway through his huge uh, four-year, $105 million deal that he signed back in 2017. So at the end of this year, he'll still have half of that left. I mean, he's owed over 50 mil, so it's pretty pricey. And I think that that's probably scared off a few teams from biting the bullet and trading for him ASAP. However, it would not surprise me if he was not on the Wizards. Double negative. I think he'll be moved before the deadline. The Kings and the Mavericks are two teams that have emerged as potential suitors. He would be a nice fit in Sacramento. I think Kings fans might be a bit trepidatious about using their salary cap space, but no offence, Sacramento. 
no one's coming to sign with the Kings, let's be honest. So you've got to play someone, and Otto Porter could be a nice fit. They can play him at the three slash four, and they could maybe flip a couple of expirings. They've got heaps of them coming out of their ass. So he's a nice fit at the Kings, and if I had to guess, that's where I think he'll end up. Another guy who's owed a little bit more money than teams would probably like to pay is Kent Bazemore of the Hawks. He's probably the most coveted asset, you could say, on Atlanta's team. Like I said, they're in a bit of a fire sale mode, so they're trying to ship off a few dudes to free up potential salary cap space and get as many draft picks as possible as they try to rebuild their team. So, Bazemore is arguably the heart and soul of the club, though. He's the longest tenured hawk, so they might just decide to keep him. Again, like I said previously with Otto Porter, someone's got to be paid in these teams, so... He's got a player option for over 19 mil next year, Bazemore this is. So, you know, the Hawks might just decide that he's the guy they decide to pay and they keep all these cheap rookies and cheap vets as well. If a contending team is willing to dangle a first-round pick, maybe the Rockets, maybe a team... Oh, who else am I blanking at? The Rockets has been the most rumoured destination for him. Someone like the Spurs could make a play at him. The Timberwolves, the Pistons, the Thunder, there's a lot of spots where this talented wing in Bazemore could land. It'll just be a matter of who wants to pay him his player option next year, because I don't think he'll be turning down 19 mil. The dude with the most upside, potentially, of all these rumoured trade pieces is Dennis Smith Jr. Now, if I was running the Dallas Mavericks, I would probably not be so quick to trade him away, although he's shown flashes throughout his first 18 months in his NBA career that he can be a decent player, and Luka Doncic is arguably their centrepiece of their future now, so having two ball-dominant dudes isn't really a nice fit, but they only drafted Smith with a top-10 pick. Like I said, they drafted Doncic last year, and they got Smith in the draft before that, so they might be a bit quick biting the bullet and sending him away. Phoenix and Orlando are two teams that are rumoured to have interest in Smith. And I think that I would love to see... Actually, I don't think... I would love to see Dennis Smith Jr. in Orlando. They can get a floor general of the future. He's still on his cheap rookie deal, so there's ways that they could work that around. Apparently, though, everyone's saying they're interested, then they're not interested, so... Dennis Smith Jr. is a bit of watch this space. Obviously, the Mavericks aren't just going to give him away for cheap. They'll want something decent in return, which could mean that he just sticks around. Maybe they trade him in the off-season. Maybe they trade him further into his rookie deal. Anything's possible. But I think that he will stay in Dallas. Wouldn't surprise me if he ended up on a team with a bit of hole in the point guard area, that's for sure. All right, the biggest name in this video slash article slash podcast that I am creating is Anthony Davis. Now, let me just preface this by saying I don't think Davis will go anywhere. There's probably a 95, 97%, maybe even 99% chance that he stays with the Pelicans past the deadline. However, if you are the Los Angeles Lakers, Boston Celtics are out of the picture. They can't trade for AD right now. There's a lot of other teams that would love to have him, but they probably don't have the assets or salary cap space. Why wouldn't the Lakers just trade for him now? He's still got next season on his contract as well, and then they could sign him to the super mega awesome extension. I don't know why the Lakers don't just bite the bullet and trade for him. Now, I know there's some scary thoughts that he could leave after that deal, but he's rumoured to sign with LeBron and join the Lakers anyway, so why not just do it now? 
New Orleans, I just finished watching their game against Golden State Warriors, and finally, now that they've got all their dudes back, they do look competitive again. So I expect them to jump back up the standings, maybe be an 8th or 7th seed, but they're still in danger of missing the playoffs. So, look, it's tough to hear Pelicans fans, but at this stage, it seems like Davis has one foot out the door. So why not just cash in right now, try and get Kuzma and Ingram or Ball and picks, Lonzo, uh, Lonzo, Josh Hart as well as another dude who I like in the Lakers. So you could probably get two or three decent young guys and a couple of future firsts, which you don't ever really want to trade a generational talent in Anthony Davis. But if you have to, that's not a bad haul. There have been rumors about a potential Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis trade, although I think both sides have hosed them down. It's probably more media buzz than anything, but... That could be nice. Imagine starting your franchise over with Ben Simmons instead of AD. All of a sudden, that would be a dope Philly team to watch as well, by the way. But like I said, there's probably a 0.1% chance, it's getting further and further the more I talk about it, chance that AD will be moved before the deadline. But if I was the Lakers, it's not stupid to try and pounce while Boston's out of the picture. Next cab off the rank is Robin Lopez. I don't think he'll be on the Bulls for the second half of the season. There's talks that he wants to be bought out. Chicago's apparently playing hardball and not saying they want to buy him out yet. But it makes sense from a Bulls perspective. There are teams like the Warriors who've publicly said that they want to have Lopez on their squad. So why not try and manufacture a trade of some sorts? The Warriors in particular are a bit hamstrung with their inflated salary cap. So for that reason, someone else might pounce. They might, again, offer a future first, and that would help Chicago with their rebuild. I think, though, the most likely option is that Lopez will pass the deadline, probably won't get traded, but will then get bought out by the Bulls and signed with the Warriors, or Boston might even be a good landing spot as a backup big. Would shock me, though, if Lopez was on the Bulls for the second half of the year. In a similar position to Lopez, Wesley Matthews is another buyout candidate. He's got a one-year $18 million option with his contract right now, so he will be a free agent in the off-season. The Cavs have been a team that were rumoured to have a little bit of interest in the past. I think if there was, harping back a bit to Dennis Smith Jr., if there was going to be a Dennis Smith trade, then Wes Matthews's contract might be attached in a deal to help salaries work. But if that's not going to be the case, then Wes Matthews will probably get bought out by the Mavericks and will sign somewhere. If that does happen, I think it'd be nice to see him fit in with the OKC Thunder. Maybe even the 76ers, they could boost their bench by getting a decent dude. But yeah, I think with regards to the Mavs, Wes Matthews isn't a big chunk of their future. They're probably not going to re-sign him unless they can get him for cheap-ish. And uh, at this stage, it seems like someone else will cover him more than the Mavericks. Memphis Grizzlies fans might not want to hear this, but... If you can get anything for Marc Gasol right now, trade him away and don't even think about it. He's 33 from memory, maybe 34. He's got an enormous $25 million player option next year, which he apparently might not even accept. He might turn that down to try and chase a ring and join a championship team. But considering he's on 25 mil next year and about 23, 22 and a half this year, if they can get that salary off their books, then I know... Gasol's a fan favourite and he's, for the last 11 or so years, been a key integral part of Memphis's lineup. but they're not going to win a hell of a lot this year. Sorry, Grizz fans, you might not want to hear it, 
just facts. So if you can cut ties with Gasol, cash in on his contract, maybe convince a team that he's still got something left in the tank and get anything decent in return, that's probably the way to go. It seems like they're just trending downwards and downwards. They've got a losing streak running right now. They got Jaron Jackson last year, so they got one pillar in their rebuild. And if they could get rid of Gasol, it probably help them lose. And then they could get another one potentially this year. Another expiring contract who could find himself on a new team is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's just been reinserted back into the Lakers' starting lineup, so there's every chance that they keep running with him, at least for this year. I don't think that it makes a hell of a lot of sense to keep him long-term, and another contender like the Spurs, maybe even the Rockets, could snap up KCP and use him in their rotation. It would be a bit weird if the Lakers decided to ship hit Caldwell Pope away and keep him in conference, if that makes sense. Probably not a hell of a lot of interest out there, but he's only on a $12 million deal. He's been plagued a bit by inconsistency, and with a lot of their younger assets like Josh Hart, who I've mentioned once before already, with those dudes demanding minutes, I think it would be wise if they ship KCP away, even if it's just for a second round or another expiring, potentially a backup big, Nikola Vucevic somehow, if they could flip in a couple of picks and make that work with Orlando. That could happen, but KCP doesn't have a long-term future in LA, I don't think. I know he's part of the uh, clutch sports free agency pool with LeBron James, so maybe he'll stay there. If a team could snap him up, though, then I think he'll happily walk out the top. The only all-star caliber type of dude who might find himself on a different team is probably Kevin Love. However, he has a very small market in my opinion. There's not a lot of teams that want to go paying him. I think he's on a 20 plus million dollar deal now. He just signed for four years and 120 extension in the off season. So that's a lot of salary to commit to a 30 year old dude who's got injury history. I don't think there's a lot of teams that could go out there and buy for love. However, that being said, someone like the Hornets, Maybe Portland. I would love to see him fit in with the Trailblazers, actually. Maybe one of those teams might just say, fuck it, trade away a couple of picks and some expirings and other deals and get Kevin Love, build a better team, especially Portland, having a big three with Damon CJ. That could be nice. Kobe Altman, the Cavs GM, has said that they're not really interested in training Kevin Love right now. He can't actually be dealt until the 24th of January because of the way he signed his extension in the offseason. So... He hasn't, he's played in like three or four games to start the year and been injured, quotation marks, for those listening via the podcast. So I don't know if there's a hell of a lot of interest out there for K-Love. Maybe another team like the Mavericks could flip a few pieces around. Like I said, Wes Matthews has been interested in by the Cavs. So yeah, I would happily, as a Cavs fan, keep Kevin Love, as long as it meant we didn't win too many more games. Maybe he could be used in a draft night trade if the Cavs get the third or fourth pick. They could attach that with K-Love and try and move up to one or two, or maybe even net another top 10 pick. I think that's the path that they'll want to try and go down. So for that reason, it's a big name. It would be cool to see a big name get dealt, but I think K-Love stays pat, stays pat, stays put until the deadline. The third Atlanta Hawk to be discussed about is Jeremy Lin. Now, he's played for seven teams already in his NBA career, but it seems most likely that there'll be an eighth one added to the list. I don't know why, but the Sacramento Kings have reported interest. Doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, considering they've got a lot of guard, young guard talent. But other teams, like maybe the Pelicans, who kind of lack a traditional point guard, maybe even the Pistons, there's some fits out there for Jeremy Lin. And even though he's not 
terrible on the Hawks, and they might choose to keep him as a backup for Trey Young if, God forbid, something does happen to him this year. But he's kind of being wasted just being played as a reserve. He deserves to, you know, have a meaningful contribution after all the shit he's gone through in his career and the injury issues he's had in the past few would be nice to see Jeremy Lin join a playoff squad and make a bit of contribution for a playoff run. Don't really know if there's a hell of a lot of playoff teams out there that would bite on him, but I don't think it would surprise anyone if Jeremy Lin was wearing a different team's uniform. Nick's big man Ennis Cantor is up next, and while he's making a lot of off-court headlines at the moment with Turkey wanting to extradite him and all this other random crap going on, I think that there's a team out there that he could move to and contribute rather than the Knicks. New York's probably got their eye on the lottery and their draft positioning, so Cantor still can contribute. So sending him away uh, to Sacramento, for example, they've been rumoured to have some interest in Ennis Cantor, maybe in a potential swap for Zach Randolph. That would allow Cantor to contribute to a Kings team that might want to push for a playoff race spot. And then maybe the Knicks just let Zach Randolph sit on their bench and wither away. Either way, I don't think that Cantor will be on the Knicks next year. So because he's an expiring deal, it makes sense for New York to try and cash in on him. There's not many buyers this uh, trade period, so he could still stay on the Knicks after the deadline. But if someone's interested in him, the Chicago Bulls are another team that's rumoured to have a bleak interest in Cantor. I don't know why, with their front court already boasting a lot of other dudes like Laurie Markkinen, Portis, uh, Wendell Carter as well. He doesn't really fit a hell of a lot. But Cantor still can contribute, so it wouldn't surprise me if someone snapped him up. Lucky last is Jabari Parker on this list. He is currently on a $20 million deal this season, and there's a $20 million team option for his contract next year, which means that any team that makes a potential trade for him doesn't have to pay him beyond this year if they really don't want to. The experiment kind of hasn't worked with the... Where's he playing? Chicago Bulls. Mental blank there for a minute. But he has come back in the last few games from injury and looked decent. He had a couple of good outings against the Jazz and the Lakers. So they're two teams that might make a play at him. The Lakers, unlikely, but Utah has some reported interest in him. The Kings and the Knicks are other teams that might emerge as suitors. But it's a bit unfair to see Jabari just kind of going through all this crap. I would like to see him succeed somewhere. Where is a big question mark? I thought it would be Chicago, but hasn't really come to fruition. So hopefully there's a team out there that trades for him and he can play meaningful minutes and contribute. But yeah, with a team option next year, it doesn't seem like any team will accept that. So if he doesn't get dealt anywhere, I'm sure the Bulls will just be pretty content to keep him on their roster and then wash their hands of him in the offseason. All right, that is it. 16 players who I think could define this year's trade deadline. There's a few other guys like... Maybe Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons from Orlando who've been mentioned in potential deals. There's a lot of players, let's be honest, who've been mentioned in the rumour mill. But I think that those 16 aforementioned dudes will be the most likely to be dealt. There's three weeks to go until the trade deadline. We've just gone past the date where players who were signed in the off-season can be traded. So over the next couple of days, weeks, and close just short of a month, expect to see a lot of player rumours and a lot of movement happening. Uh, thank you for tuning in, though. Thank God this YouTube thing's back up and running. If you're listening via the podcast, make sure you subscribe. I'm going to try and up the ante and do multiple podcasts each week. And similar with YouTube, I'm going to get back into doing at least a weekly video and maybe doing two, three as things progress. But 
Thank you for tuning in once again. Until next time, peace.